Well, good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, a little after 11.30. This is Chatting with Chap, episode 173, I believe. And I'm your host, Ginger Wade. I'm so glad to be with you today. Today, we're going to do Q&A day. If you remember um, back, I guess before I got my my mouth appliance, we were doing every week. And one of the weeks I did every month was Q&A day, which what I did there is I addressed your questions. So we do have people who write in using our contact form on chatonline.com. We also have people that message us on Facebook and comment on our posts and ask questions. So what I like to do is compile those questions and share with them that with you here so that those of you who have similar questions can have your questions answered also. So that's what we're going to do today. And the theme is by and large about general homeschool law questions. So some folks are still making the choice to homeschool. They're pulling their kids out now and they need help with their paperwork. Or maybe you just need to brush up on some stuff so you can't quite remember how it works. That's what we're going to cover today. So starting, the first thing I want to remind you all, um, and maybe even some uh, people who have been homeschooling for a long time might not even realize this, but the, the school district is really... For a homeschooler, the school district is a paperwork drop-off location. So their purpose in your homeschool life is that they are the place where you drop off your paperwork. Now, if you choose to send your child to um, music or sports there or to take a class there, then their relationship will be a little bit more. But if not, your relationship with the school district is simply to drop off paperwork. So many school districts like to say that they have approved your homeschool. Uh, They do not have the authority to do that. Once you hand in your affidavit or your unsworn declaration along with your objectives, uh, then you are a homeschooler. No approval needed. You are the parent. You are in charge. And that is how it should be. And that is how it is With public school, too, you are still the parent. You are making the choice to put your child in a government school or a private school or to homeschool. Is that most people don't realize that they are in that position. Uh, So as homeschoolers, you have the say. Okay? So once your paperwork is in, you're good to go. School district is just a drop-off location. So let's get into the other questions. So the first question is, where do I find the keys to homeschooling? Now, if any of you have watched my early videos with D for Chat with Chat when we were first getting started, I talked a lot about the keys to homeschooling. It was a little notebook we had, spiral bound, had all the law stuff in it, had affidavits in it and stuff. It was a helpful resource. Well, since we started doing that, goodness, it was probably about three years ago now uh, that Chat with Chat was started, we actually converted that booklet the keys to homeschooling, into the website homeschoolpennsylvania.org. So hopefully that is being displayed for you right now. I did have uh, featured links looked up there, but homeschoolpennsylvania.org. So our keys to homeschooling booklet that we used to sell at our store is now a free resource on the Internet. It has all the law explanations. It has our videos on there that explain all the different parts of the law. It has the affidavits immunization, exemptions, it has withdrawal letters, it has all the resources you need to get started with homeschooling. So it's all out there for you to check out. So number two was in regards to the law. Now, if you go to homeschoolpennsylvania.org, you can read the full text of the law. On there, 
are little paragraphs that explain what you need to teach at the elementary level, at the secondary level, okay? So someone wrote in, I always get this question all the time. Do I need to teach geography and civics every year for elementary? Do I need to teach all of these things every year for elementary? The answer is no. If you read the law carefully, you will see that it says at the elementary level, you will teach, and it lists all these things, at the elementary level. How many years is your child at the elementary level? First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Six years! You have six years to cover all those things in that paragraph, okay? And it never tells you that it has to be a whole year. It never tells you it has to be six months. It never tells you it has to be this many hours. It just tells you to cover it. Okay, so read it and read it for what it is. It's very general. It doesn't give you strict guidelines. This is a very loose guideline. I just want to make sure you're covering these different things in some way. Okay, same thing for secondary. Read it for what it is. It says, not what uh, others maybe have told you. It's very general. It's a very general suggestion. Okay, so number three. So it was about testing. The question was about testing and when to test. And then uh, this parent wrote in and said, well, hey, my school district says or thinks that my child is in a certain grade because we had filed the previous year. So the child in this particular case, uh, I think was seven, but doing work at a third grade level. So the school district is thinking the child's third grade, but it's only seven. So what about testing? So here's the thing. On our affidavits and our unsworn declaration, on the that paperwork, we list our children's names and their age, their age, not their grade. So here's the thing with grades, and this is so hard for us to grasp. It's hard for me to get it through my head. Grades are a construct that was created for government schools so that you could kind of group kids, uh, what they maybe should be learning at a particular time, maybe like a bell curve, like the top of the bell curve, the normal part, you know. But there's kids at all ranges, right? There's kids that are behind, kids that are ahead. Behind. I don't like saying behind. I don't like saying ahead. They're learning at different stages and, and paces because that's how they were created, okay? So a grade is kind of like the top of the bell curve. And it was created for government school situations because of having large numbers of children in one spot and ha having to know when to move them forward or when to hold them back, which really doesn't happen anymore. Um, but it was a construct that doesn't, it doesn't apply to our situation as homeschoolers. Okay. So this grade thing, you know, to try and get away from the grade concept. It's not on our paperwork. It's not in the law. The only thing that comes, that brings it about is this testing thing. And you have to test and it says in grades three, five, and eight. Well, when is that? When is my child in grade three, five, and eight? So the general rule I go by is the age that the public school thinks that your child is in that grade. So I generally say around the age of eight, you should test your child around the age of, not, yeah, eight, eight for third grade, um, 10 for fifth grade, 13 for eighth grade. That's generally what I go by. That's when I test my children. So if you have a child that's seven years old and doing third grade work, I would say you don't have to test them yet. Test them when they're eight years old and test them at the level that you want to test them at. There's no specificity in the law there. It just says they need to be assessed at some point in time. Uh, so that's what I wanted to say about that, just to kind of change our thinking about what a grade is and why grades were created and if they even apply to homeschoolers at all. So 
I think it'd be good to not put those those boxes and limitations or stressors on our children and us as we teach our children, right? So interesting thought for the day. Okay, so let's move on to question number four. What needs to be on my objectives? So we have a great generic objectives paper for you out there at homeschoolpennsylvania.org. And you know what? On the one that we have, it actually lists elementary and high school on the same sheet of paper. You can download that information and just copy it or just copy and paste it right off the web page. You don't even have to download anything. And create a separate document for elementary, a separate document for secondary. And you can use what we have. It's very generic. It just says my, my child will be advancing in these types of things, you know, for the different subjects that you're supposed to cover according to the law, right? The law has those generic paragraphs that says, you know, we should be growing in these types of things and blah, blah, blah. So your objectives should be really generic like that. You definitely want to mention something about math, something about um, language arts, or whatever it's called. I've been here, it's been called different things these days, English. We would call it English in high school. Um, those are the two things that really, I mean, you should be teaching that continually pretty much, but you're always covering history, you're covering science, fire safety, other health, you know, those types of things. But but make it generic. Don't You don't feel like you have to list specific textbooks or magazines, or videos, or curriculum, whatever. You don't have to list those specific things. It can be very general. Your objectives can be general. Feel free to copy and paste from ours. They are there for you to use on homeschoolpennsylvania.org. Okay, so question number five. How do I connect with other homeschoolers? So sometimes when you're brand new, you may be in a neighborhood and you have no idea where the other homeschoolers are. You may think you're the only homeschooler. And sometimes it's really challenging. So how do I connect? One way I would suggest connecting is go to chaponline.com, go to the resources tab, and there there is a search for co-ops, support groups, and you may find one in your area. Uh, This time of year, it is September. It's middle to the end of September. Most co-ops will be closed for the year because they have their, their plan scheduled, they have their classes made, and a lot of co-ops don't add in new families in the middle of the year. Some do. You can always ask. Some are support groups, like the Salt and Light group uh, in the northeastern area of the state. They are support groups. So they meet, like I think it's once a month on a Tuesday. They have topics. They might do field trips together where they're coming together to support. I would imagine in a situation like that, you can come in at any time. So if it's a support group, it's more of a fluid thing. If it's a co-op, you might be able to join, not sure. But the best thing to do is to contact the groups and find out. And you know what? Even if it's a co-op and you can't go there for classes, you can get to know the families. You can say, hey, we just started. I understand you're closed for registration, but can I meet with some families? Do you have a mentor there that could we could connect with? Do you have kids this particular age that I can meet Reach out to them and ask. Also, look on Facebook. There's a new to homeschooling and PA group. That is really great. You can connect with people there, ask you questions if you're new. Obviously, that's for new homeschoolers. There's other groups. There's a central, like I know of a central PA homeschoolers. There's a PA mom support group. There's, There's a bunch of different, if you look for Pennsylvania and homeschool or even Pittsburgh or uh, Philadelphia, you know, put big town names in there, area names, 
county names, York homeschoolers. Uh, you will on Facebook. I'm talking about Facebook here. You will find many groups uh, that have uh, many groups of women or organizations that have group pages that you can join and get to know people. And there's there's people everywhere saying, hey, I have a child that's this age and a child that's this age. You know, can we get together at the park? Uh, we have one for my town, Elizabethtown Homeschoolers. So people get in there. They say, hey, we're having a field trip. Hey, this is happening. This is happening. Would you like to get together for a nature walk? Whatever. So go ahead and look out for those groups. Uh, Instagram may have stuff like that. I'm not as familiar with Instagram, but there's I'm sure there's stuff out there, too. Uh, you can check, go to library events. You might meet up with homeschoolers at library events or just go to local museum events. A lot of museums and places are having uh, homeschooler days. So if you go, you might meet someone local, strike up a conversation with them and meet people that way. So it's kind of like an organic networking kind of a thing that you're doing. Uh, you can write into us and, and maybe make a comment here and see if anybody knows. It's it's a word of mouth kind of thing. This stuff grows kind of through the grapevine. So connecting to the groups that are near you or even your evaluator, if you look for an evaluator, that's my next question. You can ask them if they know of any places where you can connect to because they know your local area to the state. Like I know what's going on in my local area, but that doesn't mean that I know much of anything about what's going on outside of like my tri-county area. So Network with people. It's really the best way to meet up and make those connections, okay? And be willing to start stuff yourself. That's another thing I wanted to mention. Be willing to start stuff yourself. Um, get into one of those groups and say, hey, I'm having a play date on this day at my house or at the park or I'm doing a nature walk at this day. Come join me, okay? And, and don't be discouraged if people don't come the first few times. They have to work out their own schedules and, you know, most most times... It might take a time or two to get people coming, but you might find that, wow, you have this organic group that just starts, right? And that's really great. Okay, so question six is where do I find an evaluator? This you can also go to chaponline.com for and look under resources at evaluators. You can search for an evaluator in your area. Now, the cool thing is you might not even need to find an evaluator in your area because a lot of evaluators are doing online evaluations. I don't know if it's a favorite of evaluators. You'd have to ask them when you connect with them. But um, I would advise not to wait because there are a lot of homeschool families. And I don't believe that the number of evaluators has grown to meet the number of homeschoolers that are grown. So I'm super excited there's more homeschool families and I hope there continues to be more, but we do need more evaluators to support that. So if you can be an evaluator, which you can check out on Homeschool Pennsylvania, what that entails. Uh, if you have interest in being an evaluator, there's homeschoolers that need you. So anyway, you can check it out on chaponline.com. Look, look for one, contact one now. Find out what their philosophy is, if they line up with what you're thinking for your homeschool, and uh, just get get your name on their list so they know they're probably not scheduling an evaluation yet, but you can get your name on their list so they know that um, you need them, okay? And they'll be sure to get in touch with you for your spring evaluation. And honestly, you can evaluate at any time of the year. It just mostly happens in the spring. So um, just be aware of that and, and start early. It's, it's always smart to start early. Okay, so that is really all the questions that I had that came in. Uh, like I said, it was basic law stuff that you can read about on homeschoolpennsylvania.org. 
or resources that we already have on tabonline.com. If you're interested in being a mentor, we are still building our mentor network. We have a few ladies out there and we're adding them uh, constantly. So I'm looking for more folks all over the state to be joining uh, the network to support new homeschool moms and even existing homeschool moms that just need a little bit of encouragement to keep going. Uh, so if you have a heart to support the homeschool moms around you, please, please consider being part of the CHAP Mentor Network. You can check that out, chaponline.com slash mentors. We would love to have you join the network. So how do you spread word about CHAP? I've talked with a number of people lately who are so very thankful for the resources that we offer, for these encouraging videos. And I just encourage them, hey, tell others about CHAP. There's so many homeschoolers in the state, and a lot of them don't even know we exist. A lot of them don't know that these resources are available to them. So if you've stumbled upon us, found our websites, think they're really helpful, please share them with the homeschoolers that you run into with your co-op, your friends, your family. Let them know about chaponline.com. Let them know about this Facebook page. Let them know about the videos. Word of mouth has always been the best way. Uh, to learn about stuff with homeschooling. I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, we just, you know, chat and support each other and, and that kind of stuff, and that's how you learn. So tell them about us. Tell them about our convention and uh, which will be happening on Mother's Day in 2023, Mother's Day weekend. So um, more information will be coming out about that before too long. And just let others know that we're here. We are here to support you. And, you know, like I said, I'll be doing Q&A days. If you have questions, please send them in. You can comment here on this uh, video. You can use our contact form at chaponline.com. You can send us a message on Facebook. We're here to help you. We're happy to help you. And I hope that you continue to be loving on your children. Enjoy raising them to follow Jesus in all of life. Love this time that you have with your children because I know they feel like the longest days, but they are the shortest years. It's true. The adage is true. So treasure every day you have with your children. And I'll be back with you next week as we take on a new topic. And I enjoy talking with you. Okay, bye-bye now.